Welcome into The Long Drive. I'm your host, Grace Goodlerick, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Jack Latterman, and guest, Nick Fardello. we got a packed episode for you guys. We're recapping not one, but two PGA Tour events that took place last weekend. We are previewing the Valero Texas Open, the last road before Augusta National, so we'll go ahead and get right into it. We'll start with a couple recaps. First, how the Michigan State women's golf team played this last weekend at the ASU Invitational at Papago Golf Club. In Phoenix, Arizona, they finished tied for eighth out of 17 teams for the three-day tournament. They were led by Brooke Bierman and Valentina Rossi, who each finished tied for 15th place for the tournament at two over 218 strokes, so good for them. Uh, The LPGA Tour this last week, the winner was Celine Boutier at the LPGA Drive-On Championship. That was also in Arizona. That moves her to 11th in the race to the CME Globe, the season-long points race on the LPGA Tour. This next week, actually this week, excuse me, is the DIO Implant LA Open this Thursday through Sunday at the Palos Verdes Golf Club in Palos Verdes Estates, California. So with that, we'll get into a little bit of news that has surrounded the PGA Tour this week. Not much. It's been a little bit of a quiet week. Mainly, the focus was on the WGC match play. It was the last big tournament that a lot of the bigger names would play before Augusta here in a couple weeks. However, speaking of Augusta, four players have earned Masters invitations with their strong weeks at the WGC match play. The cutoff for the top 50 players in the official world golf rankings to automatically earn invites to Augusta was yesterday, Monday, March 27th. Uh, those players included Jason Day, 2015 PGA champion, Ryder Cupper a couple of years ago, Harris English, Keith Mitchell, former PGA Tour winner, and Minwoo Lee, who is looking to secure his permanent status on the PGA Tour with a it started it off with a great showing a couple weeks ago at Sawgrass, so he's really looking to continue that with a trip to Augusta. Like I said, the only other way to get into the Masters as of today, Tuesday, March 28th, if they are not already eligible, is to win this week's Valero Texas Open. So, so much on the line for those guys that are in the field this week. Another bit of news surrounding a former Masters champion, uh, Mike Trout, Angels superstar um, and probably one of the best players in Major League Baseball and Tiger Woods and his company TGR Design are collaborating on a course design which will be called Trout National The Reserve. It's set to open in 2025 in Vineland, New Jersey, just outside of Philadelphia, kind of Mike Trout's hometown and his home area. And he's said to carry a seven or eight handicap in the offseason away from the Angels. So obviously golf is a huge part of his offseason regiment as he takes time away from baseball. So there's another course to add to your bucket list, a Tiger Woods design. So that should be fun to play once it opens in 2025. And speaking of another Tiger Woods course, the El Cardonal Golf Course, it's a Tiger Woods design with TGR design uh, in Cabo San Lucas, Baja, California, Mexico. And it came out today that this course will host the Worldwide Technology Championship on the PGA Tour in 2023. It's Tiger's first course that will host a tour event. So Tiger obviously made his name on the golf course, and now he's making his name in the design business. So a couple of interesting bits of news there to really look forward to. Like I said, we got guys qualifying for the Masters. We got a couple cool courses that Tiger's doing that are making some waves this week. So with that, we move right in to what was a wild, wild week on the PGA Tour. We start with the alternate field event, which was the Corrales Punta Cana Championship. The winner for his first PGA Tour win 
the Englishman Matt Wallace shoots six under 66 in the final round for a one-shot victory at minus 19 over Nikolai Hoygaard, who finishes second at minus 18. The win garnered him 300 FedEx Cup points, moved him to 45th in the FedEx Cup standings. Like a um, like the the new rules this year, the top 70, not the top 125, the top 70 get into the FedEx Cup playoffs. So those points are even more important this year as they previously were. So guys, who really impressed you, disappointed you for the week? Like it was it was a super windy week there, but it was also a great course. There a lot of good golf there to watch as as well as the the WGC. So what'd you guys think of it? Yeah, I thought it was really fun uh to just have on the side kind of. I didn't really focus on it a ton, but just the landscape was amazing and um Matt Wallace played fantastic golf. Hoygaard, Sam Stevens, Tyler Duncan, there were a couple uh, guys in there at the end, so I think it was really fun to watch. Uh, Matt Wallace gained 16 strokes on the field. Uh, nuclear. Is, yeah, nuclear. Just, just absolutely mental. That's um, ridiculous. But yeah, it was really fun to watch. Uh, Nick Hardy, T13, I think was interesting. He His form was pretty horrific coming into here. Um, and then, like I, I talked last episode about Akshay, uh, played really, really, really well um, on day two. 63, and then he followed it up playing not very well. So uh, that was a bit disappointing. But in general, Matt Wallace, he seventh at the Valspar and then won here. Yeah. Um, I think he'll be popular this week, and I think for good reason. Really kind of rounding into form, so good for him. Nick, did yep. you make anything of this week? I mean, yeah, I really didn't pay attention to this as much, but, you know, the, atmos- like, the atmosphere was cool. Was, the landscape was really cool there. And uh, I'm disappointed Joel Damon didn't get, like, top ten. Yeah, he was, uh, you know, the winner in 2021, so a guy that had a lot of notoriety coming in to especially be, being one of the more popular players on tour, and, you know, his game is, is his game can compete with anybody else's, as we've seen. He's yeah, played well. He cares in, enough to. <laughs> played well in events, uh, in, in some of the bigger events, but yeah, I was really impressed with uh, uh, Nikolai Hoygaard, twin brother of Rasmus Hoygaard, who's won a few times <clears throat> on the DP World Tour. As has Nikolai, it moves him to 118th in the world, which is his career high is 67th in the world. So this guy is only 21 years old, trying to secure special temporary membership on the tour. He's Like I said, he's won two times on the DP World Tour, so this guy's going to be around for a long time. So watch out for Nikolai Hoygaard, finishes second at the Corrales Punta Cana Championship. And a guy that I thought was just going to play really well this week, a guy that's kind of trying to maintain his status on the PGA Tour. He lost... It lost full status a couple of years ago. He's on conditional right now. Scott Brown, who has a history of playing well in the Caribbean, winner of the 2013 Puerto Rico Open. You know, he's kind of had a little bit of an up-and-down season. He's made the majority of the cuts in the tournaments that he's played in, so looking for a little bit more out of Scott Brown. But we move to what was the main event of the week, which was just an absolutely wild event. You had superstars. We had Cinderella stories that made it to... The quarterfinals on Saturday afternoon, and unfortunately, it was the last year that we get to watch all this madness, the WGC Dell Technologies match play. The winner, Sam Burns, his fifth PGA Tour victory. He crushed Cam Young in the championship match, 6-5. and five. It's the second largest margin of victory in the championship match in match play history, which was Bubba Watson over Kevin Kisner, the match play assassin, seven and six in 2018. 
And it's a grueling week, like we said last week on the podcast. Sam Burns played 106 holes up until Sunday morning to get to the championship match. He was able to outlast Cam Young over 13 holes, so he ended up playing 119 for the week in five days, which is absolutely crazy. You know, the the, the quarterfinal matches were great. The semifinal matches were great. We had four of the top 16 players in the official world golf rankings that moved to the semifinals, Rory and Scotty Scheffler was probably the coolest match of the week, and it was the consolation match. It wasn't even the final match, the championship match. Rory McIlroy moves to number two in the official world golf rankings, leapfrogging John Rahm as he heads into Augusta with that match win over Scotty Scheffler. Guys, what what did you make of this week? There's so much to unpack here. We got so much to talk about about what happened at Austin Country Club. Start us off, Jack. It is just so much fun to watch. Um, I think especially for people that – Maybe don't watch golf very much. This like it's so exciting. No, you can, yeah, every every match matters. Um, every single match. Yeah. Because, so like Wednesday's matches mattered. Uh, like you're sitting on a Friday afternoon, and usually like you wouldn't care that much if you're watching. But it's like, oh, Scotty Scheffler. If he loses here, he's done. Um, yeah. Which yeah. is just so sweet, and I I really hope that it ends up coming back. Maybe it's a year off, or I just. Like, it has to. Social media loved it. I assume ratings were great. Um, I haven't actually checked that, but I assume they were. I, it was just so exciting. Um, I took Cam Young in one and done. I was super high on him. I was happy with his performance. Great pick. Uh, great pick. But I feel some devastation for him. Uh, he's come so close so many times. Um, I think it's his sixth, sixth runner-up finish on yep. the PGA Tour. And he was crushed. He was cruising um, yeah. Yeah. up until, I like, Semifinals, even he was he was cruising. Um, the most disappointing thing for me was Denny McCarthy, who I also was high on. Um, four up on Keegan after thirteen holes. Ran, uh, in, ran his, into Keegan Bradley in his first uh, match, and I texted Gray and was like, "Yeah, if he stops putting, I'm a little freaked out." He stopped putting, and, and they ended up he stopped putting. Splitting. And I believe I texted you at the end of yep. the match, and I said, "Man, I, I told yep. you Keegan Bradley was going to get the best of Denny McCarthy this week, and that's." Exactly what happened. And then he's he's three up on Rory through six, loses, and then he lost to Stallings. So that was extremely disappointing. Um, I actually stopped watching when he was four up on, on Keegan. Uh, and then we came to our meeting, and I think I made a comment to you, and you were like, what, we tied? I was like, what? That was the first so, time that Keegan Bradley had not lost a match, and I don't even know how many years at the match play. His, he, he, he never... Like he doesn't win matches in the match play, and he got to have. And I'm like, okay, he can do it now. He can do it now. So he can do it now. He can move on. And unfortunately, he didn't end up moving on. Yep. Nick, what 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 you got? There's so much to unpack here. Who who was your most impressive player? Who kind of disappointed you for the week by not advancing? It was just crazy. You got to watch like good golf on Wednesday, so that was pretty cool to see. It's always fun to have an extra day. It's always cool. Yeah, but like Will's Altorth didn't even win one round in his group stage. That was pretty disappointing. That was yeah. He was like what? He was one of the guys that I was wow. I was really kind of high on him moving out of the group stage and just did. Didn't get it done. Yeah, like the semifinals, like both ended in like overtime, like shots. That was pretty cool to see too. Yeah, extra holes yeah. for the semifinal matches. That's. I was telling my parents, um, on Saturday night. I was like, it, they don't really watch golf that much, but I was like, tomorrow is going to be one of the all-time best days for the PGA Tour. Yeah. If you want the argument to 
as to why the PGA Tour is where the most elite golfers on the planet play, watch the final day of the match play. I told that to them. I told my buddies that they don't really watch golf that much. I was like, because you got four of the top 16 in the world playing. You've got Cam Young, Rookie of the Year. you got Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, Sam Burns. Like, just elite golfers. Obviously, people know Scheffler and McIlroy by now. If you don't know the other guys, you're going to know them soon. Right. They're going to win. Yeah. Sam Burns is already starting it. Cam Young's going to win. I was like, tomorrow is a great day for the PGA Tour, and it was an amazing day. The semifinal matches were just great. And yeah. it, every, the championship match is, yeah, it is what it is, but that's golf. Uh, Sam Burns card nine birdies in his final 11 holes to win the championship match. Absolutely ridiculous. And a few weeks ago, people were saying Sam Burns cannot swing a golf club. Like no. people, he, His form was horrific he three, four weeks ago. wins Valspar last year, and beyond that, did absolutely nothing. As I, far as I know, he had a top 10 sometime later in the summer and didn't yeah. register another top 10 until, like, a few weeks ago. And, yeah, and there were moments where he was, I mean, people were staying away with everything they had uh, up until about two weeks ago. So I think it's really good for him. But um, And it was cool to see the, like, kind of social. There wasn't a ton of, like, back and forth between the players, but we saw a little bit. Uh, Xander and Rory, there was a little good-good. Uh, they each had a little bit of a putt, and they were like, yeah, I'll give it to you if you give it to me. Um, so, like, there were a couple moments like that. that, yeah, that I, I think cool. I texted you on Wednesday night. We were talking about the matches that were going to be just great that you had to watch so on Thursday. Many. Yeah. And the match that you had to watch on Thursday was Homa, Max Homa and Kevin Kisner. Yep. And I th- it was Max Homa. He was being given an interview. He's giving an interview on Wednesday night after that and said, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to have to put the blinders on. Yep. Like yep. He's, yeah. He knows that Kevin Kisner is going to be dogging him the whole time out there. And y- you could see that in the match. Yep. Like Kevin yep. Kisner, he talks his talk and he tries to talk with the big dogs when he's out there playing because he's the match play assassin. So that's just kind of his game. But... One of the players that we have not mentioned yet that really impressed me this week, he was the Cinderella, made it all the way to the quarterfinals, winning his loaded group, Mackenzie Hughes. Can we get a shout-out for Mackenzie Hughes real quick? He wins a group led by Jordan Spieth, PGA Tour Rookie of the Year frontrunner Taylor Montgomery, and Shane Lowry, 2019 Open Championship winner. Jason Day also gets a shout-out for me uh, as a guy that really impressed me. He's really rounding into form. Good showing at Sawgrass a couple weeks ago. His group was also loaded. Adam Svensson, Victor Perez made it pretty far a couple years ago in the match play. Kyle Morikawa, just elite ball striker, iron player. Jason Day goes 3-0-0, manages to win this group. So they both made it to the quarterfinals. You know, Mackenzie Hughes beats Max Homa on Saturday morning. Jason Day beats Matt Kuchar. Just guys that, you know, Max Homa's on top of the world right now, on top of the golfing world. Matt Kuchar is one of the best match play players of all time, and they were able to go out there and beat him on Saturday morning to move on to the quarterfinals. So anybody else really kind of, like, super impressed you guys this week that you were like, wow. Like, besides Cam, you know, Cameron yeah. Young for yeah. you. Anybody Put- else? Putnam and just... Spawn yes. both uh, sweeping yes. their groups was pretty impressive. Yes. And Andrew they're both, both impressive. playing this week. Yeah. Yes, yeah. impressive. Xander sweeped his group too. That was impressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was huge for Xander Shoffley. And, you know, a couple guys that I really thought were going to play well, I took him to win their groups last week, was Chris Kirk and Kevin Kisner. Uh, Kevin Kisner going one and two on the week. And Chris Kirk going oh and three on the week, 
not a good look for uh, for my picks that were last week. You know, Chris Kirky's playing really well. Like he played well at the players. He won the Honda a few weeks ago. Kevin Kisner's kind of rounding into form, and his, his event is the match play. That's just what he does. He he plays well at the match play. So those were my guys that I was really high on last week. What about you guys? Uh, I was really high on Cam Young, which worked great. And then Denny was my uh, yeah. Denny, McCarthy. I played Denny really heavy in DFS, um, and it just totally destroyed me. Um, and and I was very hopeful after his start, so that was frustrating. Yeah, I thought Cam Young was impressive. You know, got the new caddy, finished his second, so that really yeah, improved. that's that's yeah. the storyline that yeah. I think nobody really has talked about, yeah. like how much different Cam Young played and how well he played with yeah. Paul. If you can go out there in your first tour event as a player caddy duo and make it to the championship match of the match play, which is the most grueling event on tour, then you know you got something right and you can do it. And they looked like they were having a good time. Like yeah, there was definitely it, a good bond there. They I just think, meshed. Right. Except for I mean in a championship match you could tell that Cam Young was really just kind of down on himself. Yeah. He wasn't hitting the shots. I think it was it was on thirteen, which was where the match was conceded to Sam Burns. Sam Burns flew a three wood fifteen yards past the green into the wind, and it was a 280-yard carry over the water there on 13, the drivable par 4. Cam Young stepped up, watched Sam Burns hit that shot. He flushes a 3-wood and comes up 3 yards short, and he just kind of looked at Paul Tesori and was like, what happened there? I flushed it. That was so... He didn't obviously have his best stuff going into the championship match, but hopefully he's got his best stuff for Augusta and hopefully a guy this week in the field has his best stuff for Augusta this week like I said the final road before it leads to Magnolia Lane and Augusta National the Valero Texas Open defending champion is JJ Spawn who won his first PGA Tour title last year finished two shots ahead of Matt Jones and Matt Kuchar at 13 under, those two were 11 under, and it's a really interesting week on the PGA Tour. This kind of has the feel of the John Deere Classic. You know, the it, the notoriety is nobody big plays this event because it's the week before major. The John Deere, it, nobody big plays it. It's the week before the Open Championship. Nobody plays Valero. It's the week before the Masters. You know, guys want to, especially coming off of the match play. If they played in the match play and they're eligible for the Masters, it's extremely rare that you will see those guys play this week for a good reason because the match play is grueling and you're growing into Augusta, which is the major that everybody wants. It's not necessarily the hardest major to win. That's probably the U.S. Open, very arguably. Yeah. But the Masters, everybody wants to win the Masters. So the winner receives 500 FedEx Cup points. And God, there's, you know, Jack's got so many stats about this course. TPC San Antonio, <laughs> it's so interesting. I've got a few, but what what do you have on the course? Because I know you're you're the stats guy on the course this week, and it's super interesting. Yeah. So um, just like more general stuff, the greens are slow and pretty tough. Um, Tree-lined fairways are. They're considered average, but on the skinnier side, uh, so driving accuracy matters a bit. Um, and I, there was a caddy last year that said in an interview, um, you can miss these fairways by 10 feet, but if you miss them by 20, good luck. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it, I mean, you've seen Jordan Spieth hit shots out of the rocks here, and I, he's the only guy that yep. I really think can kind of pull stuff like that off, yep. but nobody um, else really can, and he's not playing this week, so... 
Right, with this field especially, uh, you got to hit these fairways or you're going to be in some trouble. Um, it's the second hardest greens in regulation um, rate on tour, which is interesting. And then just some um, more about, like, the players themselves. The cut line has never been under par. Um, and it was pl- as high as plus seven, I believe, a, c- a few years ago. Um, five out of seven past winners had a top 30 the year before they won here. Five of the last 11 champions here have won their first PGA Tour event, too. Believe, Look for a first-timer this I believe week. two of those were 200 or to one or higher. Yeah, well. it, it also remains the last PGA Tour event to have a Monday qualifier win the event. That was Corey Connors back in 2019, Monday qualified, won the event, and got into the Masters, which is <laughs> probably the craziest Crazy. two-week sequence that a professional golfer can have. Yeah. Uh, and then my last one, it's it's been played here for 12 years, so in eight years um, of those 12, the third round leader has won. So if you're big on live betting on uh, Sunday, yeah. I would stay away. It's also the it's 16, 17, and 18. You know, it features a par three, par four, and a par five. It, it's, a, it's a lot of risk reward. It's a lot of tough holes. You know, I think I forget if it's 16 or 17, the par three. I, I believe it's 16, the par three with the bunker right in the middle of the green. So that's going to be really fun to watch. 16, 17, 18, that's a crucial stretch coming down, like I said, ending everybody's round, at least on Saturday and Sunday. And it's also, yeah, you said the slowest greens on tour. It's 11 on the stint meter, which is just really slow for the PGA Tour. It also yields the highest one-putt percentage of any course on tour. So look for those guys that can scramble and get up and down this week to do really well. And, you know, it's 7,438 yards, so distance is going to be paramount. And that's going to parlay even more with the awful weather this weekend. We've got chances of thunderstorms that are reaching 70 and 80% on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, a potential Monday finish heading into Masters Week, which is going to be just a crazy travel and time schedule for a lot of those guys. So there's so much going on this week, even though it's not a very big event. And, the you know, there's so many featured groups out there. There's storylines who we are excited for. So we're going to dive right into that. Jack, what what are you looking for this week? Who are you playing? What's your favorite group? What do you got? Uh, my favorite group is Ben Martin, S.H. Kim, Thomas Dietrich. Um, I don't have much about S.H. Kim, but I really like Ben Martin this week um, as like a bit of a sleeper. And then Dietrich's amazing on Bermuda. Uh, bogeys are better. So a lot of times the cut line's pretty high, but you've had to score decent yeah. amounts to win. Scoring is huge yep. this week. Um, and then bogey avoidance also with, with missing the greens a lot. So he's really good in those stats. Um, I think those are some pretty big. I think bogey avoidance is big. Uh, birdies are better, obviously. You really need to score. And then par 5 scoring is huge. Like you mentioned the par 3s earlier, you really need to just survive those. Yeah. Uh, the par 4s are eh, but the par 5s are scorable. So I think if you can score on the par 5s, you're in good shape. Yeah, the guys that scramble well on those tough par 3s and par 4s and the guys that can score on the par 5s are your your top 10 and your top 10 guys and your winner this week. That's that's what it's going to be. This course, especially with the weather, it's going to be tough to keep it in the fairway. It's going to be tough to put it on the green. And like you said, it's the second worst green in regulations rate for any course on tour. So it's already hard to hit the green here. With 40 mile an hour winds right. and thunderstorms, it's going to be even tougher. So those guys are able to scramble well because they're not going to hit the green as much as they normally would. Yep. 
So those guys that are really able to scramble and putt well, the highest one putt percentage on tour. So a lot of fun golf this week. Nick, who's your your favorite group that you're ready to watch and just like a story line that you're really intrigued to watch? I mean, there's so much going on. I got J.J. Spawn, Matsuhima, and Ricky Fowler. You know, Spawn's a former champion in this, so it should be pretty fun to see that. And Fowler needs to do good in this to go to Augusta. Yeah, he's got to win it to to qualify. Yeah. And it, it, up until last year, he qualified ten straight years. Uh, his first ten years on the PGA Tour. So lo- really looking for a lot out of Ricky Fowler. My favorite group this week. I'm taking Sepp Straka, Nick Taylor, and Andrew Putnam. Sepp Straka did not. Uh, did he play the match? No, he did not. I don't think so. Sepp Straka. Regardless, so. he's yeah. 12th in driving accuracy on the PGA Tour this year and hitting the fairway and the light rough, which is going to be paramount to perhaps a victory. And he's a long hitter, so you think that long hitters would score more on par fives. So I'm taking Sepp Straka. He's one of my guys to watch this week and one of my favorite groups. Nick Taylor coming off a really good showing. and Didn't win his group but held his own at the WGC match play. He has three top tens so far in the calendar year of 2023. So He's really rounding into form, and Andrew Putnam, like it, it, guy that is so underrated on the PGA Tour and went out and won his group last week at the WGC match play. He's sixth around the green on the PGA Tour this year. He is also fifth on the PGA Tour in scrambling, which means getting up and down from any spot on the hole. He's also second, on the, second in the field in putts per round. So... He will. He's your one putt guy. He's your scrambling guy. So my favorite group to watch this week: Sepp Straka, Nick Taylor, and Andrew Putnam. So a lot of those guys that we're taking are also going to be featured in our one and done picks, which we will get to now. So last week, a great week for Jack. He is currently dusting all of us. He takes Cam Young, and and the way that the one and done works is however much money that player wins is compounded onto a different player and how much money they win for the rest of the season. Whoever has the most money at the end of the season will win the one and done pick game for the long drive. Jack currently dusting us. He takes Cam Young, who makes it all the way to the championship match. He finishes solo second to win $2.2 million dollars. Nick and Tim are currently tied for second place. Nick taking Tony Finau, Tim taking Corey Connors. They each finished tied for 17th and banked $219,000. And me, little old me down here with Keegan Bradley last week. I take Keegan Bradley to make it out of his group. He doesn't. He finishes tied for 28th, $166,000 paycheck for Keegan Bradley. Guys, who are you, who's the one and done this week for you guys? Because there's so many interesting names this week. You don't really know who's going to play that well based on the stats, but anything can happen. So who's the one and done? Uh, I loved your Andrew Putnam talk before. Yes, you got to go. Um, Andrew Putnam's the guy this week. So I'm going Putnam. He's really good on Bermuda, really good around the green. Uh, bogey avoidance, good drive, scoring par five. He's second in my model in the entire field. Uh, second two... Hatton, who I originally had, but I'm terrified of him. Um, like, not trying that hard. He's one that you mentioned that's in the Masters field and played last week, so it's kind of like, why is he playing? And he injured his hand last week. Um, so I'm I'm wanting to take Hatton, but I'm afraid of a WD. Um, so I'm going Putnam, who's a little deeper uh, down the field, but I love Putnam this week, which, this week, which is a bad sign, um, but I absolutely love him. 
And I got when he this. I got Ricky Fowler. You know, he he. We said earlier he really he needs this to uh, go to Augusta, and I think he's gonna get it done and win it. Yeah, this is this is Ricky's week for sure. We'll see really what Ricky's made of. You know, he was in this position last year and didn't win it. So we'll see what he can make of this week. I'm taking a guy that's a little underrated on the tour. He's two time winner. Patton Kazire is my one and done pick this week. You know, he's a really long hitter. He's 12th on the PGA Tour in par 5 scoring average. And as Jack alluded to, you just pretty much have to get through your par 3s and your par 4s this week. And the par 4 or the par 5s, excuse me, need to be scorable for you this week if you want to have any shot to win it. He also is top 30 on the PGA Tour in birdies per round and putts per hole. This is a great one-putt course. Birdies on par 5s combined with his 12th in par 5 scoring average on the PGA Tour. Look out for Patton Kazire to make some waves this week. So with that, we move on to our, our, our second pick game. Three players to make the cut and one player, aside from those three, who's our lock to finish in the top ten. So four players total. Jack, I know your models really come in handy here. So who are your four that you're really watching this week, aside from your one and done? Yeah, so um, I really, really like Austin Cook this week, who is deep, um, deep down there, 250 to 1 to win. Uh, so I'm going to take him to make the cut. I think he he just really impressed me um, stats-wise, and he's pretty good on Bermuda. Um, that I mean, that being said, when you're that – that high of odds and that cheap, there's going to be issues in their game. Uh, he's really struggles with bogey, bogey avoidance. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a little scary. Um, Michael Thompson is my second, who is another very cheap DraftKings player who I'm going to look towards as well. But uh, putts really, really well on Bermuda, 19th at the Valspar. Um, and I think this fits him relatively well. Um and then my last uh, to make the cut, and I also have a bet on them top 20, unrelated, but is Ben Taylor, who I think is really underpriced, um, along with Nick Taylor, who I love this week as well. Yeah, I'm taking Nick, both of them. Nick Taylor, yeah, take the Taylors this yeah. week. Listen to Jack. And then uh, my top 10 is Brandon Todd, who is amazing Bermuda, pretty decent form. Um, he's first in par 5 scoring and fifth in around the green play. Um, so, yeah, give me the Todd father. Yeah, just... Go ahead and take him. He perhaps is one of the most accurate players on the PGA Tour, so he's going to hit fairways this week. He doesn't yeah. mash it. He doesn't hit it far. He's very but, boring. But, but you'd much yeah. rather this week play it safe, especially yeah. with the weather, especially with the scoring conditions, especially with all these guys and how they're going to be able to scramble. Yeah. So, yeah, take Brendan Todd for your top ten, according to Jack. Nick, what do you got? Uh, to make the cut, I have Francisco Molinari. Tyler Duncan and Will Gordon in top 10. I got Ryan Palmer. Yeah, Ryan Palmer, he's a native Texan. He always plays well in this event. He is also not currently qualified for the Masters, so looking for a big week out of him. Nick has him making a top 10 finish at the Valero Texas Open. So to me, I'm taking Eric Van Royen fresh off of a really, really good showing at Corrales. I believe he held the third-round lead along with Nikolai Hoygaard. So really hot on Eric Van Royen this week. He's going to play well. Charlie Hoffman, the all-time leading money winner for this event, the Valero Texas Open. He's finished in the top 10 a plethora of times. He won it in 2016, so look out for Charlie Hoffman this week. I'm taking Hayden Buckley as well as my third player to be a surefire uh, make for the cut. He is fourth on tour in ball striking percentage this season. 
Ball striking is going to be huge this week. The accuracy that you're going to be able to have and how well you're going to be able to shape your shots into the wind is going to prove paramount this week. So I'm taking Eric Van Royen, Charlie Hoffman, and Hayden Buckley to make the cut in my top 10. You know, we, we've taken, it's it's Jack's one and done guy. I got to take Andrew Putnam for all of those reasons that he just mentioned. He's fifth in scrambling on the PGA Tour. Scrambling is huge this week. So Andrew Putnam is my lock to finish in the top 10. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he should be a guy that everybody really pays attention to. He went nuclear last week. He wins his group 3-0-0. He's playing great golf. All of his stats line up for this week. So pay a lot of attention to Andrew Putnam. So that leads us to our favorite prop bets for the week. So there's a lot of a lot of different things that you can bet on. There's a lot of odds out there. So, Jack, what, what do you have for your favorite prop bet of the week? Because there's actually so much that we can Hold get into. Hold on, I got a lot. There's it's not going to be so one. Much. Uh, there's a list coming. There's so much. So I'm going to start with Matt Wallace, uh, top 20 at plus 190, which I think uh, I thought it would be uh, – very close to even money, so I love those odds. He's one of the best, I would say probably coming in the best form right now. Oh, easily, um, yeah. He comes off a win at Corrales. And his seventh place. Seventh at Valspar, yeah. back-to-back weeks. Yep, Um, and he's really, really good. Um, Par-5 scoring leads um, this field, so I love Wallace, top 20. Todd, who I have top 10 um, before I mentioned. I'm going to take him top 20 plus 180. Putnam, top 20 plus 220, which I think is really, really uh, good odds. Taylor Montgomery to win it all, 35-1. to 1. He's someone we haven't talked about. Ooh, uh, wow. similar, to, similar to Ricky um, and Kucher, a couple other guys. He's on the outside looking in. Um, he's been really hot and then kind of cooled off. So, I don't know. I just feel like this field is not that strong. He's probably with no, top, top five talent-wise in, yeah, in the field. Easily. Um. Austin Cook, who I mentioned earlier, to win. This is a sprinky, a little little sprinkle. Two hundred fifty to one He's for one Austin two, Cook to one win. One on tour before though. Yep. Um, and then I love this. Uh, the past three or four years, the winning margin has been two strokes. That might just be a total coincidence. Uh, but plus three sixty for the winning margin to be two strokes. And then we, you mentioned Gray Hoffman. Um, I'm not playing him in DFS. I'm not touching him anywhere. But I had to have one Charlie Hoffman. Something yeah, coming he, this week. The all-time money leader for yep. the Valero, Texas. So I'm time. taking him 90 to one, uh, first-round leader, because I just needed some Charlie Hoffman in my life. There you go. You got. You got to have Charlie. You got to go with Charlie anytime you're in Texas. So Nick, what do you have for your favorite prop bet this week? Like, I you have, know, Jack. It's hard to follow Jack. Yeah, sorry, there's so I had, much. I had 90 there's bets. no. There's so much there, and I'm obviously going to be looking into it, that but. much. But I got Matt Kutcher to. Uh, finished top 20. Uh, he won his group last week at the WGC, so I think he can get it done. Yeah, you, you got him in there at plus 125 yeah. odds, so that's certainly a good bet. You know, Cooch is one of those guys, as Jack alluded to, that's on the outside looking in and did not receive an invitation to August National, so he's got to get, he's got to win it this week to go. So that leads me, my favorite prop bet of the week, and I'm going, I'm, I'm going with a big one at plus 1,000 odds. This is a top 20 finishing parlay between 2019 champion Corey Connors, rookie of the year frontrunner Taylor Montgomery, and Chris Kirk, who I was really high on last week and did not perform for me whatsoever at the match play. Regardless, going with those guys for a trio of a top 20 finishing parlay 
at plus 1,000 odds. So that wraps us up this week on The Long Drive. Thank you all so much for listening and catch us every week for the remainder of the season. Make sure to check out all of Impact 89 FM's other podcasts. This has been The Long Drive on Impact 89 FM.